verse 33 and 34. I just want to finish off something that I started a few weeks ago. We're talking about being empowered, empowered for impact. And, and one of the things that we, we need to understand is that we must seek God. We, we, must, we must seek God, empowered for impact. So while you're still standing, while you're still standing, keep standing. We're going to read it together, standing. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 to 34. If you're there, let's read. Just read it from your Bible. Read it from whatever you have, whatever language it is. One, two, three, go. Hallelujah. But seek ye first who? The and you can take your seats. So last time I spoke to you, I spoke to you about taking, seeking first the kingdom of God. And I said that seeking, the, the word seeking talks about aiming at, striving after. It talks about thirsting and hungering, having an appetite for God. And, and I said, we, we must seek God as the first thing. We must seek God, seek him first. We must put God first, and that means we must desire, we must uh, seek after knowing God's reality. Really get to know who God is. Get to understand God and know him for, for a surety. Be confident in the knowledge of God that you have. Let's get to know God. In that level and the second thing is to know God's ways know God's ways know how does God work how it's good to see the acts of God like he gives everybody air to breathe it's good to see how God gives us all life the sinner and the righteous one together it's good but you must come to a place where you get to know something that is called the way of God amen and his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So you need to seek the thoughts of God. You need to seek the way of God. You need to come to an understanding where you know God more than just, oh, God is God. Because the atheists also know that God is God. Although they deny him, they know he is God. That's why they have something to deny. Yeah. So, but we must know God at a deeper level. And, and, and the third thing I mentioned was you, you, you need then also to, to know how he works to provide for you. You need to know how God works to make things happen for you, that he makes a way where there is no way. Amen. And today I want to talk about the second part, which says, and his righteousness and his righteousness. So there is the kingdom of God, which is uh, talking about understanding the purpose of God. The second one is his righteousness, which speak to you and me and the relationship with God. Amen? This, the second part is appealing to you and to me to be in a relationship with God. To have a strong relationship with Jesus. That's what he was calling us to. 
The kingdom of God talks about purpose because it is for his purpose that God will show you his reality. It is for his purpose that he will show you his ways. It is for his purpose that he will provide for you. But when he says, and his righteousness, he is saying that this is something that you and I become one together. Become intimate together. Become connected together. So you must come to a place where you get to know God, where you're seeking for God, seeking for a stronger relationship with Him. Amen. For a stronger connection with Him. You must come to a place where you say, God is, I am just like God. That's where we want to be. I am just like God. You see, when, the, when Paul and Barnabas were living their lives at Antioch, and they were telling people about God. They were telling people about Jesus. They were making their tents and doing all kinds of things. People looked at them and says, these guys are like Christ. These guys are like Christ. There was something in them that showed Jesus Christ. There was something in them that people could see and say, oh, these people are like Jesus. Can I look at you and say you are like Jesus? Can I hear you speak and say you speak like Jesus? Can I see you eating and say you eat like Jesus? Can I look at your dressing and say that must have been how Jesus was dressing? Can I see you working with someone, working in a group and say that one is the Christian? We should be able to single you out in your day-to-day -day work. Whatever you will be doing, driving or riding, running or walking, reading or not reading, we should be able to single you out and say there is somebody who is like Christ. And so Jesus says, seek ye first my righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He had been talking about, you know, the food and the clothes and all the other things that we need. You know, you are here because you are seeking to get a good education. And out of a good education might come better clothes and a better car, a better house. Hopefully your wife will look a bit better afterwards. But, but you know, we are seeking for things. You're praying for promotion. Why? Because you want things that are better. Yes or no? When you talk about improving yourself, why do you want to improve yourself? Because you want something better. So Jesus knew that these things, we worry about them. We are concerned about them. And so he says, sufficient for the day. There is enough troubles for each and every day. But there is one thing that you must seek. And that is me. There is one thing that you must go after. In all your endeavors, make sure that you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. Seek his righteousness. Now what is his righteousness talking about? The righteousness of God talks about uprightness. It talks about uprightness. To be up and to be right. Amen. Be up and be right. Tell your neighbor, be up and be right. Uprightness. That's what righteousness is calling us to be. To be on the right. 
on the right of everything, whether it is the law or not the law, be on the right. Amen. And be up because then we can see you. Uprightness. To stand up and to be right. To stand up and not to worry about what is around you. Why? Because you know that you are right. To be able to, to be straight is what uprightness is talking about. Be straight. Are you straight? Or you are somehow. You know, when you try to describe some people, you struggle to describe them. So you say, ah, they are just somehow. Are you one of those people that when <laughs> the story of your life ends up with, ah, they are just somehow. Why? Because you're not upright. When you are upright, we can say you're upright. We can say he's a good guy. We can say she's a good lady. We can say they're a fair person. Why? Because you're upright. But when you're not upright, we end up with trying to find other words. And sometimes we even fail and we just say, somehow, so is all. I is always all. See, when people describe you by the shake of hand, <laughs> then you know you are. If you're going to make an impact to anybody, you can't be. You can't be Zoe Zoe. You've got to be upright. If you have a professor who says one thing and does another, do you keep going to that professor? No. You know, you've got professors who are like that. <laughs> if your manager promises you something and doesn't, next time when he promises, do you believe him? No. So we need to be upright. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to be upright. And if somebody promises you and they do what they've promised, next time they promise you, what will you do? You trust them. Why? Because you know that they are living up to their promise. Their promises have impact. And we need to be a people of impact. And the way to be a people of impact is to be a righteous people. To be upright. Amen. We need to be in right standing with God. We need to be in right standing with God. You and I must be in right standing with God as well as being in right standing with men. You cannot say, ah, no, I'm, good. I'm in good books with God so it doesn't matter if people don't like me. I'm not saying live on likes. You know, like some of you, you put photos on Facebook so that we can like them. Huh? Like, 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 like. And when you don't get liked, you are not very happy. So, but, but, but we cannot live on likes of people, but we should still be likable. We cannot live to make people like us, but we should still be acceptable. We should be at peace with all men. And therefore, being stand 
in the right standing with God. Stand in the right standing with God. And notice I use the word stand in the right standing. Because there you have to stand. Hallelujah. We must stand in right standing with God. Not sit, not, not sleep, but stand in the right standing with God. Why? Because there is a war against you. That's why you need to stand. And so Ephesians chapter 6 says, put on the full armor of God so that you might be able to stand. And having done all to stand, he says, stand, therefore. Put up Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Having done all to stand, he says what? Stand, therefore. Ephesians chapter 6. I need to show you something. You must be in right standing with God. There is everything that is against you. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil and having done all to stand. You put on the whole armor to withstand so that you can continue standing. And so when Jesus is calling us to be in righteousness, to seek after righteousness, he's saying, do all that you need to do so that you can remain standing. Hallelujah. So that you can remain standing. We need to be a people that seek after God and get the strength from God so that we can remain standing. And the only way to remain standing is to make sure that you're in good books with God. You must be in good books with God. And so he says, do everything you need to do and having done all, to stand. So be in right standing with God. Seek to be in in, in a good standing with God where you obey and walk with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. I need to show you this because our, our, our person, our character, our nature must be after the nature of God. We must be after the nature of the living God. And, and as, 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 as children of God, I need you to be aware that these things must not be counted in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adult idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible begins to tell us the things that are against the character of God. And so when God says, seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness, he's saying this character that you should have should follow after particular principles. 
And so he says, if you're going to be part of me, if you're going to be part of God, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor, uh, nor adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revelers, extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. These people are not in the kingdom of God. I am not with these people. They need to come to a place where they start to live righteously. So you need to check your life. Amen. You need to check your life. Are you a coverter? Are you extorting an extortioner? What, how did it call it? Extortioners. Are you a drunkard? You need to check yourself. Because these things should not be counted among you. We must come to a place where we show the full nature of Jesus Christ. And so he, he goes on and says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. I love this. But you were washed. Such were some of you, but you were washed. You see, the blood of Jesus washes us clean. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness and makes us to be or to have the nature of Jesus so that we may be able to stand upright and we may be able to stand and be able to make impact amongst the people we live in. And so he says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. To sanctify means to set apart. You, you used to be a drunkard, but you were washed. You used to be, you used to be covetous, but you were washed. You see, I, I remember when I was a young when I was a young, young guy starting to, to realize, you know, that, that, you know, you need to be, to be seen by people. And in particular, to be seen by the ladies. So we, we, we would do all kinds of things to, you know, I, I grew up in the days of crisscross. Who knows what crisscross is? Crisscross is one hip-hop group. Oh, you people are so Christian, huh? Either you're so Christian or so young. But, but crisscross is one hip-hop group which we, we used to emulate when I was just growing up, when the hairs were starting to come out. And crisscross used to wear their jeans backwards. So the zipper would go to the back. And, 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 and we, we, you, you wore your T-shirt, big T-shirts or, or big shirts, and we wore them floral. No, there was also another group called Boys to Men. And, 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 and you know, with, with, those, with those kind of influences around, around me, around me, you see, my focus was on having a nice baggy jean or having a nice shoe. There were these shoes which were called Boston shoes. And we made, we, we, we made a lot of effort to get those things. And, and sometimes when you wanted to go out for a party, you would even borrow if you must. So you can imagine when you borrow trousers, sometimes those trousers would be big. But for crisscross, it worked perfectly well. Because then the trousers would be all over here because it's so long. And the zip, you didn't even know whether it was open or not as long as it was in the back. Do you hear what I'm saying? And then Jesus touched my life. When Jesus touched my life, he, he cleansed me so much that my mind got changed again to put the zip in the front. 
Do you hear what I'm saying, church? And to put the, the trousers where it's supposed to be, not down here. Like some of you young boys, you know, today they just, I was walking in town the other day, and, and this boy had the trousers, which even had a belt, but the, it was here. And I said, this one needs to be cleansed. But, but you see, God cleansed me. I put the zipper in the right place again, and I put the belt and buckled it. I even got to know that there are different kinds of shirts, that the ones that have a round loop, I could leave them outside. The ones that are not round, but have a, have a, are just, just straight, I need to tuck in. Or oh, is it the other way? I just move with all my shirts tucked in. I needed to, to I, I got to understand that you see, you look better when your clothes are fitting. Yes or no? And so the Bible says, and such were some of you, but you are washed. Is anybody here washed by the blood of Jesus? But you are cleansed. You are sanctified. Is anybody justified? You see, we, 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 I, I had a bad mouth. I thank God for, for healing me. My mouth was bitter. You dare not cross my path. I would let out all the venom. And I didn't even mind. I remember one time, one time in class, you know, the, 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 the teacher wanted somebody to say a bad word. You know, it's just, it's just really strange. This, this teacher comes in and says, today we're going to learn about something and I need somebody to say a bad word. And everybody was looking around. I just stood up and said a couple of bad words and the lesson could continue. And I had no problem saying that. Oh, but thanks be to Jesus, but I am washed. I am sanctified. You see, when I look back at some of those things, I think, hey, that was so bad. I could live with guilt. But no, the Bible says, but you were justified. I'm justified in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord has taken out all the bitter venom and put inside of me the Word of God. Hallelujah. I have the Word of God. I speak life, not death. I speak things that bring life, not things that bring death. I speak words that bless and were not words that curse. I've been justified. I've been washed. And so Jesus calls us to say, seek ye my righteousness. He's saying, come to a place where you will walk not in the old life, not in the life of an adulterer or an idolater where you worshipped all kinds of things. You worshipped money. You worshipped your ancestor. You worshipped your grandfather. You worshipped your grandmother. No! We don't worship those things anymore. Why? Because we have Jesus. You worshipped yourself. You valued yourself more than you valued God. But no, you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of God to worship the living God. Therefore, seek ye first my righteousness. Live in my righteousness. Walk in my righteousness. Don't be a drunkard and a reveler anymore. You know, Revelate, those are people who are in party all the time. We invite you to come to prayer meeting. We don't find you. We tell you there's a party there. We find you. 
Are you washed with the blood of Jesus? You know, some people, you ask them, please give an offering in church. They will not give offering in church. There is a party. You need to buy clothes. You need to buy dress. You need to buy shoes. You, and they will go out and buy everything. And then they'll say, ah, I have no money. What happened to your money? Ah, I was buying for this other party. And then there was another one the following week. And then on the same day, pastor, you cannot believe it. This was somebody telling me. You cannot believe it. I had to go to one party in the morning, another one in the evening. Sunday, I had to go to Groningen for another party. Say, but how, what, what is it? They are still a reveler. But you are washed. Oh, you are justified. You are sanctified. Seek ye first the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the righteousness of God. You are stealing. The Bible says you know no thieves. I hope I have no thief here. If you are a thief, repent. Tend to Jesus. Jesus can help you to be satisfied with what you have. Are you a covetous person? You are jealous that your neighbor has a, has a TV which is slightly bigger than yours. Huh? Do, do you know these are things that... You know, I was, I was <laughs> As somebody comes and, 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 and looks, how did, you, how did you get that? Is it your business how I got that? The reason they want to know is because they are jealous. Can't you just be satisfied with the fact that you have one and your neighbor has two? Can't you just be, just be satisfied with what God has blessed you with? If you're able to eat your sandwich with cuss, enjoy your sandwich with cuss. And let me eat my pounded yam without problem. Because I've been blessed with pounded yam and you've only been blessed with cuss. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? Be satisfied. Why should I be satisfied with what I have? Because I am washed. I am sanctified. I am justified by the Spirit of God. That's why. I have a six, you have a seven. It is well. We are all going to heaven. Don't kill me for my seven. Amen? If I come with my shoe that is finished like this, it is well. I'm here. You hear what I'm saying, church? You who has a shoe that is nice like that, it is okay that you can come with one shoe you used to walk to church, another shoe you used to dance, another shoe you used to give offering, and then another shoe you walk back home. It is, it's, it's, if that's what you have, it is well. Amen? What must we seek after? We must seek after the righteousness of God. Don't try now to go and get also a fifth shoe that you wear when you get into the house. Because then we lose the focus. The focus must be on God. The focus must be on the purpose that God has called us.
The focus must be on the purpose that God has called us. But we are washed. We are sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. I, I just want to finish with, with this. No, just one more scripture. But I want to finish here. And, and as, as I challenge you to seek after righteousness. It says, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. God seeks us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. The righteous or those that who walk in righteousness should worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. Notice the word truth there. I know you love spirit, but truth is the real deal. Tell your neighbor, truth is the real deal. Do you have truth? Do you have truth? Are you, are you really here? Ask your neighbor, are you really here? Ask them another question. Is it really you? Is it really, really you? Because what I saw yesterday, tell them what I saw yesterday. Is it really, really you? you, you, you. I, I, once had, I once had one beloved in church who said, Pastor, I was praying in church. And Pastor, what I saw some of those people are not people. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, pastor, in the spirit, some of those people are not real people. And I said, I know. This is why Jesus had to tell us, he's seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Pastor, a pastor, a way the senior pastor, tells, told me a story when I was starting, you know, about how important it is to pray for the church. And he says, this, in, in one of these churches, somebody comes in and offers to clean the church, which is a good thing, right? It's a good thing to have somebody clean the church. It's, it's a blessed thing. But this, this, this woman who had come in turned out to be a witch. And so while she was cleaning the church, she was sweeping. Busi must go. Philip must go. Millicent must go. Come next Sunday, Busi is not in church. Philip is not in church. Then she comes again. Leodina must go. Must go. Come next Sunday, Leodina is not in church. He's not in church. And she goes again. She's still sweeping every Sunday. And then the pastor is waking up one day saying, half my church is gone. And you know, when she's coming into church, I'm quite sure the ushers would greet, oh, good morning. Welcome to church. It is so good to have you in church. You know, and the pastor at that time probably was saying, oh, my sister, you are so blessed. You sweep the church every Sunday. 
I'm sure the other people were saying, ah, the church is so clean. Look how we can see ourselves. But are you true? Are you true? No, I went to, you know, somebody was having their hair done somewhere. And then a conversation strikes. And also you go to that church. Let me tell you what I've heard. And the whole story after story is laid there. And then you ask yourself, but you have never been to our church. How do you know these things? Are you true? Where did they hear it? They must have heard it from somebody here. You hear what I'm saying, church? I was, we went on holiday one time. And while we were on holiday, we get a call about certain beloveds who were fighting and all kinds of things. And then we asked a question, how long has this been happening? You know, the gossip, all the gossip never comes to pastor, you know. Pastors have a gossip wall around them, so they don't hear the gossip. And, and someone says, ah, oh, everybody in the church knows. <laughs> Most of the time, that's how you hear. Everybody in the church knows. And so we hear about this gossip that has been really bad. And then you ask yourself, the people that are gossiping against each other, they are here with us. They lift up our hands like with us. They will be shouting, children of God, children of God. <laughs> and they walk out there, they are gossiping against each other. They gossiped so much that even one brother, I'm busy trying to follow up a brother. Where are you? I don't see you. Until one of them says, ah, pastor, the reason you don't see that brother is because of that gossip that we are now telling you now. Why didn't you tell me this before? Ah, pastor, you know, pastor, you are pastor now. But, but you know, lives have been destroyed. And while lives are being destroyed, we are all, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The hands are up. When Ernest hits the keyboard, we dance like we are in heaven. But are we true? Jesus says he seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Ah, you... You're not expecting this on my birthday, right? Jesus seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. We must worship him in righteousness. Hallelujah. We must worship Jesus in righteousness, in truth. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Be true inside and outside. Be a brother in church. Be a brother in the jumbo. Be a brother in Hoogstrath. And be a brother in Yaga's camp. You don't even know where it is, but be a brother there. Amen? Be a brother there. Be a brother through and through. Let them still be able to say, this one is a Christian. Hallelujah. This one is a child of God. Okay, see? And, and I'm just, I was just doing my business in the office one time. And then somebody just comes and whispers and says, are you a Christian? You know, you look at yourself and say, what have you seen? Because that's what it is. Whatever it is that they saw, that's where we ought to be. We ought to be in a place 
We ought to be in a life where we can be seen, church. Hallelujah. For who we are. Because we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Having been challenged with several things, one of my colleagues comes to me and says, oh, you are so blessed. And I said, what blessing are you talking about? You're not even a Christian. He says, yeah, but that's what I mean. You are a Christian. Probably this is why you're able to deal with all this chaos around us. And I said, yes, it matters to be a child of God. What matters more is to be consistent. As much as I am pastor here, I am also pastor in the office. Pastor enough that the human resources had to say, we need somebody who can hear people's confidential issues and stand with them. So I was asking them, why did you choose me? And they said, there was just something about you. You're not normally allowed to talk about your faith in the workplace unless you're Muslim. Yeah, Muslims talk about their faith. If I go about talking about my Christianity in the office, it's seen as an offense. But my Muslim colleagues, my gay colleagues, they can talk about their being gay. But let me start speaking about my being a Christian in the office and everybody starts to talk about being offended. So I was asked, what is it that you have seen? Said, Something about you that we think you can handle. You can handle. And you know what, church? That's the impact God is calling us to make. That whether they like it or not, they just need to pick you because you are like Christ. Whether they want it or not, you just should be the go-to person because you are like Christ. Whether they believe in the same thing as you believe or not, but they should just be able to come to you and find comfort in you because that's what Jesus was doing. The people said, Jesus, do you know that woman is a prostitute? Says, you know what? I've came to save the sick and the lost. Jesus, do you really know whose house you're going to? Zacchaeus, to your house I'm coming today. But you see, to be able to come to that place, we need to be walking and worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth. I want to give you last last verse and then we close. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31. Mark 29 to 31. Stand with me. And I don't preach it. I just tell you, stand with me, church. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31 oh yes father thank you i i just i just feel somebody needs is stepping out is stepping out to live a christian life to live a life of 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 that jesus wants us to live seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness you know, and all the blessings, everywhere you look, there will be blessings. But all those things will be added if you can walk like what Jesus says. And so Jesus says, answer them and says, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, 
Hear, O Israel. I want you to put your name there. Say, Hear, O Farai. Can you do that? Put your own name there. Don't mention my name. Put your own. Hear, O. Come on, I want to hear you shout your name. Hear, O. Hear, O. Love the Lord your God. The Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. If you're going to walk in righteousness, if you're going to walk seeking the kingdom of God, go back to, to my verse, go back to verse 30. If you're going to, to walk in that, to seek after the righteousness, this is what we need to seek. We need to love the Lord with all our heart. We need to love the Lord with all our soul. We need to love the Lord with all our mind. Everything about you must be after God. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. The heart of worship must move you to do things beyond the church. And next week I will talk about beyond the church walls. Beyond the church. But it starts off by seeking His righteousness. Seeking to be in a relationship with God. And these are the things that build that relationship. That you love God with your heart. You love God with your soul. You love God with your mind. You love God with all your strength. The second part is what takes us outside of the church walls. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. But I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I don't know where, where you are, what needs to be dealt with in your life, but I want you to go before God and say, Jesus, help me. If it is about what needs to be washed away that is still there, idolatry or fornication or adultery or idolatry or covetousness or drunkenness or reveling, Whatever it is that needs to be washed away, I want you to pray and say, Jesus, wash me away from these things. Wash these things away from me that I may walk in righteousness. If it is about putting on the armor of God, say, Jesus, give me your armor. Give me your armor. Put on the armor of God that I may be able to stand. If you've always been falling on a place, I want you to pray and say, Jesus, I don't want to fall on this place anymore. I refuse to fall on this place anymore. From this day onwards, I'm going to stand. Raise your voice and just begin to pray. From this moment onwards, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to fall anymore. I'm not going to walk in sin anymore. I'm not going to walk in sin anymore. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Rabo Shakatai. My God, in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to fail at this. I'm not going to get stuck on this. I'm going to stand. I'm going to rise beyond this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm going to love you with all my heart. I'm going to love you with all my mind. 
I'm going to love you with all my strength. I'm going to love you with all my soul. All that is within me. Everything in me, oh God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Pray and say, Father, let all that is within me love you, oh God. Let all that is within me love you. Lord, I will love you with all my heart. I will love you with all my soul. I will love you with all my mind and all my strength. In the name of Jesus, my God, my Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, my God, my Lord, pray for those blessings of righteousness to be in your life. Lord, help me to be righteous. Help me to be upright. Help me to be upright, oh God. Help me to be upright, oh Lord Jesus. My Father, my God, I pray. Help me, oh Lord, to be upright, oh Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You see, walking in, in holiness and in uprightness is something that, that, that we need to achieve. It's something that we need to continue. Jesus has bought us with the, with the blood. And, and by that blood, we are washed. We are sanctified. We are justified. But there is, there is, there is a, a, a consciousness that we need to have. And so I want you to hold the hand of your neighbor and begin to pray for them. To say, Lord Jesus, help my neighbor to walk in spirit and in truth. To move in spirit and in truth. To live in spirit and in truth. To live in righteousness. Pray for them. 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 It's not only the blessings we should pray for, but it is the character of God. Jesus says He wants people who seek Him in spirit and in truth, who worship Him in spirit and in truth. Pray and say, Father, let my neighbor, let my neighbor worship You in truth. Let my neighbor worship You in truth. Oh, my neighbor, worship Him in truth. In the name of Jesus, pray for your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor. Let them walk in truth. Let them not be fake. Let them not be, let them not be, be, be somebody who is something today, another tomorrow. But let them walk in the truth. Let them live in the truth. In the name of Jesus. Let them live in the truth. Let them live in the truth. Let them live in righteousness. Oh God, I pray. Oh, Rata Shekeleboshanda. Pray for them. 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 Those are the things that are going to release our lives to the blessings and the grace of God. It's when we walk in righteousness. It's when we walk in the truth. It's when we live by the truth. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Lord, I pray for your church this morning that, Lord, we will walk in your way, your way of righteousness. We will walk in your way of righteousness. I pray, my Lord, that, Jesus, you will lift up your people, that they will worship you in spirit and in truth, walking, Lord, washed 
sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, work in these lives that they will give glory to you. That they will be seen. There will be evidence. There will be evidence. There will be evidence of your grace in their lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship and honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.